Well, hello again and welcome to We March On with Steve and Tom, the unofficial Southampton FC podcast in partnership with the Believe Podcast Network. It's been a busy old week for Southampton and a bloody old day for Tom Deacon, who joins me as he uh, pushes a bit of tissue right up into his nostrils because his dog gave him a Glasgow kiss. Yeah, she did, uh, Steve. Uh, thank you very much for having me back on uh, the podcast. I feel like, I don't know why back I said on, that. as a guest. Yeah, yeah I feel like a guest, but I don't feel like a guest. 50% of it. Yeah, do you not feel like a guest every time? You know? No. Oh, I feel like, oh, okay. Sorry, that's just me then. Uh, right. yeah. Mate, I'll be honest with you. I've got stars flying around my eyes at the moment. Uh, yes, you pointed out my dog. I thought it'd be nice for me to lift her up onto the bed so she could sit here while we podcast. Uh, instead, she just jumped uh, square into my face, uh, knocks me to the floor. Claret everywhere. Uh, the last time I had a nosebleed, I think I was at school and accidentally got into a fight. So, um, you know, one of those where you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time where someone mm. reaches back and uh, to hit someone else. Um, so I, I, I don't know what's happening. Blood, sweat and tears goes into this show, uh, which I definitely feel part of and not a guest. Yes, very much so. <laughs> and uh, it, you're working later, Tom. How are you going to handle that? You're going to have to come up with some sort of... Are you just going to tell the story, like, honestly? Because I'm presuming you're going to have a shiner in about three hours. I'm worried about that. That is that is a concern. However, the role of a comedian is to be funny and to be laughed at um, in a controlled manner. Uh, so I'll just I'll just say that, mate. But um, do you know what? I didn't want to start with the, with the bloody story. I wanted to start... You know, I'm a bit of a, a kind of... Um, wouldn't even say joke I like to have a bit of fun uh, I had to give my vehicle registration number to a woman on a reception today and okay. I started to um, proceed to tell all of the you know Charlie this you know echo whatever um, and then when it got to Zed I thought to myself I'll have a bit of fun here so I said zebra to which she said <laughs> I think you'll find it Zulu and I said no I know I, I was just having a bit of fun like that just changing things up and she said oh right and I said I can't. I couldn't think of any other Z words. Uh, can you? And she went Zephyr, and then there was a pause. And I went, that was a good one. And then she went xylophone. And I'll swear to you now, Steve, when someone says xylophone, I almost, I almost, a little bit of wee came out. I was laughing so hard inside, but couldn't let her know. <laughs> what you didn't tell her? You didn't say that. That's an X, actually. No, but the person behind said xylophone starts with an X. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, did you ever watch Face Jacker? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Kava Novak and Dufrace. And it's like, uh, uh, the, the name's Dufrace. It's uh, D for Dufrace, uh, U for up. And then it obviously proceeds through the letters and then gets to like the S. And it's like, and it's S for, and someone's like, sugar, sugar. It's S for, yeah, sugar will do, sugar will do. S for, yeah, sugar's fine. Uh, S stratosphere. <laughs> And I feel like I'd, I'd love to do that. Just like give the phonetic alphabet and just make up my own words for it. Oh, mate. But I um, I feel like uh, there's been some bloody fights, literally, uh, for Saints, which I can't wait to get into. But what about yourself, mate? What's What's been going on in your world? Um, since we last recorded, not much in terms of uh, life stuff. A few cracks in the ceiling have had to be filled. I uh, had a leak. I'm sure I told you about on the last episode. So we had a roof around at the back end of last week um, to fix the the extension roof. And now I've had some more DIY, which I detest uh, to do, um, and some some painting. And uh, my other half wanted this paint called lime wash paint, and it's mm. essentially like watery paint with like chalk in it. And when it dries, it creates like a, almost a marbledy concrete effect mm. on the wall. And it does look very nice. 
what a pain in the ass to actually do. Because yeah. um, obviously you've painted a, a, a fair few rooms in your time, Tom, I'm sure. I have, um, yeah. I'd have painted the uh, carpet today in Claret. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously it's all about coverage, whereas with what lime wash you've got to do, like a little patch here and push the, the brush into another area. And it's so thin that it's like, shake your brush off. And I've shook this brush off, so there's almost no paint left on it. As soon as I lift the paint out and put it on the wall, it just splats all over the freshly painted skirt. It is honestly, it wound me up. I was effing and blinding all afternoon doing this. Well, listen, uh, we have a social media page that we got. We're on Instagram, we're on TikTok. We're, we're everywhere, right? But check out Steve's as well, because he even put a little video of, uh, up of himself painting away. And I looked at that, mate, and I was like, I even included my other half. I was like, why is he not using a roller? And she said, it's because they're going for the particular effect. I was like, I can't be having that. Yeah, so um, so that's really the, the most excitement um, that's happened in, in my week to date. Um, a few games at Saints, which we'll, we'll obviously get into as well. Um, and probably this is a good time to just do that because people aren't tuning in to listen to us talk about our DIY escapades or being headbutted by animals. Um, it is about Southampton, so we will crack on into that now. Right, Tom, as you continue to wipe yourself down, we will get into the Southampton chat. Um, there's been a couple of games since our last episode came out. Not an amazing one at the weekend against Aston Villa. They ran out 1-0 winners at St Mary's. It was a it was another tough one to take because it felt like, by the way, I honestly can't look at you without laughing. So I'm going to have to look away from the, the, the screen Fine. because Tom has stuffed, stuffed a a tissue right up his nose. No, carry on. If that makes you feel better, do it. I just won't be able to look you in the eye uh, on this call. So Villa run out 1-0 winners. It felt like, oh, here we go. After a couple of good results, three on the bounce, wasn't it, across uh, the FA Cup, the League Cup against City and against Everton. And it almost was like, oh, here we go again, revert to type. But I felt that the performance was was good, Tom. And, and VAR is not our friend at the moment. Um, and again, Southampton undone by another set piece is the f and in the previous games by the way that was the fourth set piece goal that they've conceded in four games yeah um i, I mean that var goal with moy elanusi um on ramsey i don't think it was for the push i think it was for stepping on the ankle uh it was yeah, yeah. golden gold didn't stand and i loved jwp's celebration i mean it's not as if that the the guys aren't trying it, you know the they just come falling short. I think that that's it. And then that mm. Villa game, all the anticipation of, I mean, we beat City last match here. We've gone away to Everton. Just disappointing, not not taking chances. And it's not as if we're getting thumped and letting in lots of goals like we sometimes did with Ralph. It's, it's just deflating. I think it's that kind of like, oh, I wish we had a striker. <laughs> but we could yeah. say that for the yeah. Newcastle game. And yet looking good in places. I like the fact that Diallo and Lavia playing... Uh, in the middle and letting JWP roam forward didn't quite work. Diallo always comes off. I don't know. It for me, it's a lot of huff and puff, uh, huff, huff, huff and puff, but didn't get a goal. So all in all, disappointing. It's just missing that element in the final third. That 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 clinical pass, which I have to admit, it seems to be coming a lot from Lianco now uh, on that right side. Um, but we're just missing something, a little bit of cohesion at the top end of the park. And, and that was similar when we go into the Newcastle game. So Villa to one side, 
still bottom of the Premier League. No one wants to see us there. But as we've said, performances in the last couple of weeks are improving. It does seem like there is, um, although it's not happening at the top end of the park, there is more cohesion within the team. They're really aggressive. They're they're working really hard, um, which is one of the main things you want to see. And I know there's been an air of negativity around St. Mary's, um, maybe not in the last couple of weeks, but certainly for a few months before that, because it maybe felt like, you know, effort wasn't being put in, but you can't really say that anymore, that the effort is, is off the chart. And, I think there was a lot of hope going into the Newcastle games first leg in the Carabao Cup semi-final at St. Mary's on Tuesday night. Um, People expecting, you know, a reaction from the Villa game, wanting to see something similar to what we saw against City. And Nathan Jones maybe got a little bit of flack for making changes to the team that beat City, especially when it came to the goal scorers in in Mara and Gineppo. But he put them straight back into the starting lineup uh, for the Cup game against Newcastle and Gineppo unfortunately had to go off due to being concussed from Nick Pope's dong uh, and and Mara looked bright in, in spells as well but unfortunately you know just just couldn't get a goal. Um, I'm sorry we all heard it and it was absolutely delightful thank you Steve and he also Gineppo had a great shot uh, against Villa which didn't come off a fantastic save from the goalkeeper but um, yeah I, I actually liked the fact that Nathan Jones played Seiko Mara and Gineppo they deserved that start I was really surprised though against Newcastle Roman Perro didn't start when the last time we played Newcastle he uh, he bagged a goal he's quite a threat going mm. forward but the fact for me personally I didn't think too much of that game I did talk on talk sport about it the fact that Newcastle nine clean sheets in the last 10 games they've had that is not Southampton's form and they don't score a lot of goals so I knew it was going to be close but again like I you know Jolington could have had two goals he blazed one over the over Mm. the bar that was madness but but in terms of that lineup I didn't mind it but then I was surprised that Lavia wasn't there I mean I don't know what you thought yeah it seems like uh, Nathan prefers Diallo in in the midfield almost as like a a sweeper, as it as in he cleans up in the midfield. He's he's not really there to put key passes through. He's just there to kind of mop up where he can. But personally, I think Lavia is is fantastic at doing that work. But he also has the skill and the footwork to play intricate passes between the lines and in little triangles with the midfielders, especially if you're playing a midfield three. Um, and he can bring the ball further up the park. Like I am surprised he's not going with Lavia. Maybe it's because you know he's not quite at the level needed, considering he was out for so long. Um, what I will say, the atmosphere at St Mary's was probably the best in maybe over a year that I can remember. In, do you mean in terms of? Because you said that about the City game in terms of you know two new up, flying high, everyone's loving it. But do you mean in terms of the atmosphere of anticipation and expectation and excitement to be there? No, I, I mean in terms of support. So the City game, yes, it was electric. No one was expecting us to beat City. And when you go 2-0 up, yes, there's a buzz around the place and genuine, the celebrations were, were insane. What I felt with this particular game was that the it, the positive atmosphere, even when, you know, Shea comes on and should have really scored and Nick Pope produces a save and it just felt like, oh, typical Shea. Like the fans weren't booing him and like the, or, or getting on his back. It was more like, come on. I could hear a few people shouting the crowds, like, come on. Like, especially Charlie Alcaraz had a great game, yeah. a fantastic game. And people were like, come on, Charlie, doing amazing. Like, I felt like the, the, the air of positivity had returned. The singing was so loud. Like, um, 
various, obviously, ch- football chants uh, around St Mary's. And, and considering we often hear the away support being super loud, especially the Geordies. Yeah. They've got fantastic away support um, after doing what is probably what a 15-hour round trip. Um, but Southampton fans were so loud. The feeling was amazing. The air of positivity. It was a really good atmosphere. And I feel disappointed for them because of the result. But again, a good performance. Really unlucky. You did mention Joe Linton, Mr. Sitter. Newcastle had the better chances. They probably, if they'd taken them, would have been four or five up by the time uh, Adam Armstrong's uh, well failed equaliser went in. Um, but it did feel that Southampton deserves something out of that game. Yeah. Especially Adam Armstrong playing against his former club, getting that goal as scrappy as it was. And again, just VAR is not our friend no. at the moment. No, it, it, it isn't. The, the, you know, you, we've said it a fair few times. Now that Nathan has had time to embed his ideas, they seem to have a definite style of play. It's just one element missing, and that that's the goals. Like, yes, I know we 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 let in a goal against Newcastle, but we we seem to have a better cohesion at the back, um, and yeah, just not being clinical in front of goal is what could be our downfall. And we say that for every team: if you don't score enough, you will go down. And that seems mm. to be we're looking at social media. Every Saints fan, they just lament, like just having a go at the management, at the board, and saying. You've known for how long you need a striker. And then Nathan comes out and says, I think we've got enough attacking players and say Komara and Jay Adams. And we're a bit like, I think we need another striker. Uh, so so yeah. it is, it, that seems to be a problem. It's gone away from Nathan because the players are playing well, not well enough to win. That's a, a, a better situation we were in than say like two months ago when we looked like we were nowhere near having an identity or knowing what we were about. I feel like we do have that now. It, it it can happen. We beat Man City at home. It can happen. Uh, fingers crossed that we get a striker in the last couple of days. Yeah, massive positives to take from the game in terms of the performance, but also individually. Sam Adosi was great when he came on. Adam Armstrong, when he played, uh, replaced Gineppo, was fantastic. So much pace and intensity. Like I feel like he almost deserves to be um, given a chance as our striker. Yeah. Um, I do think he performs excellently out wide, but we have so many wide attacking options that I feel like he, he, he would struggle to force his way into the team unless you played him centrally um, and maybe deserves that chance. As I said, Charlie Alcaraz, so dynamic in that midfield. His range of passing looked great. Um, intensity at tracking back, like he could be really special for such a young man. Also, Mislav Orsic, I think, did did really well. But the negatives were passing was sloppy. Both teams actually were pretty sloppy in their passing. I feel like Southampton gave the ball away so much, um, especially players like Diallo um, and and sometimes when the fullbacks, Kyle, who I think is one of our best players, just it didn't quite work for him at times either. Um, panicky on the ball as well, rather than holding it and lo- and looking for the right pass, just hoofing it again, especially towards the end of the game, chasing a goal. And also I feel like it is is the time up now for Shea like is he on borrowed time towards the end of the season because he didn't really make an impact once again when he came on and it almost feels like it's not a surprise anymore it feels like you're just going oh here we go and then when he gets one-on-one and he misses or he forces a save rather than putting it in the corner you think how many chances 
is this guy going to get? And you want him to do well. Like I think every Southampton fan, if he goes on a run and starts scoring, would absolutely love him. But it almost becomes how long can you keep liking someone when they're not delivering what they're being paid to deliver? Exactly. My uh, fiance says this all the time at me, uh, directly to my face. <laughs> um, but uh, you're right. I mean, he had that. I know it was offside, but a beautifully whipped in ball against Villa. And you're like, even if he was offside, he still managed to look like he'd never scored a goal before <laughs> with that shot. Um, and KWP was just behind him uh, to, to put it away. But but yeah, I, is he on borrowed time? I think all of the team are on borrowed time. Che Adams makes all the runs, puts the effort in. You know, Seiko Mara, his, his sort of next in line, can't back up his uh, starting position. So I just think, but neither striker has a lot of confidence. Shea, until there's an alternative, unfortunately, he is our striker. Like, I don't think you, you know, yes, it, you could start Seiko or, or Shea, or as you said, Adam Armstrong could go up front on his own. I just don't think he has that physicality per se. He's, no. he's got that incredible pace. You have to play a different style of football. And you? I don't think that's what Nathan wants to do. So, so in that respect, he's, he is our striker going forward. And we've seen purple patches for Shea and you you just like putting your hands together praying uh oh yeah we've got an easier cup game coming up so he might get a couple against Blackpool <laughs> and and you know what a goal just breeds confidence as we know and look, look, I take nothing away Aston Villa have been playing but then we said the same though didn't we Tom when he played Cambridge and then when he played uh Lincoln and got another brace in those games so yeah is it just looks good against lesser opposition and when it really matters against the big boys, just can't deliver? Yeah, look, if, if these were horses, uh, they'd be made into glue by now. Uh, that's, the, that's the bottom line. Um, I don't know. I mean, the fact that I know we're going to talk about it, but Bournemouth might be snapping up some striker that we're in, in contention with. I think it's a worrying time that we can't get a striker in through the door. So to be honest with you, you're going to have to work with what we've got. Are enough goals going to come in? Only time will tell. But I do feel that the that cup games can breed a bit of confidence. And I think those passes that were going astray was just the, the sense of occasion, semi-final, possibility of going to a final. Well, we're, we're going to go to St. James's Park first. But but do you know what I mean? I think that sense of occasion, are we in a relegation battle or are we in a cup run? I don't think the players quite know, but we just need more goals. I, I, I know that's stating the obvious, but that's the only thing that's missing at the moment. striker that Bournemouth are potentially going to snap right beneath our noses. Talking of noses, I'm still bleeding out of mine. Uh, Nicholas Jackson. Now, I don't know what you think about this player. Uh, not a lot of starts at senior level, not a lot of goals. Would you be disappointed that Bournemouth have managed to come in and snatch a player off us, particularly in the striker position? Not in the slightest. Um, I have seen very little of Nicholas Jackson and and probably the world has as well. Um, he's only played uh, 23 senior games for Villarreal um, and out of those 23 games scored two goals. Mm. Um, I think he actually might be injured as well at the moment. So no, I, d I don't think he'd be the answer. I mean, again, like everything time may tell he could prove to be a world beater, but at, at 21, 20, 22 years of age, 
But I, th- I think, how old is he? 21. He's 21. And I think that, you know, most 21-year-olds that go on to be exceptional are already very good at 21. Yeah. Um, and c- w- especially in in forward areas. Um, although Wikipedia describes him as an attacking midfielder, and I just don't think that's something we really need at the moment. Um, so if it was goals that we're looking for, I don't think he is one for that. So best of luck to him at Bournemouth. They missed out on Dan Juma. He's decided to snub Everton after apparently he'd already done their media um, and then and then go to Spurs. Um, so Bournemouth are probably looking at that as a as an option, as a as an alternative. Sorry to him. So best of luck to him if he goes to Bournemouth. I don't think Southampton are missing. Yeah, him. I I have to agree with you. Everything that we know about the player. He could be a worldie, could turn out to be fantastic for Bournemouth. I doubt it. It's a panic buy. He's a January panic buy. And I think when you look at our squad, they're all potential. I know JDWP is incredible. And there are a couple I could name that I think are a standout week in, week out. But I feel like this, if one of these players clicks, if Alcarez just goes on a run, if a dozy starts, you know, we didn't even mention the fact that Joe Rebo's not been playing. What's going on there? Is he going to Rangers? Is yeah. it someone going to, is he going to go back? I know we paid 6 million and they're owed 10 eventually. But yeah, it just seems to players are in and out of form. There's potential. There's so much potential in this team and it's just not being unlocked yet. But um, yeah, Jackson, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Um, you're going to have to go and live down with the pensioners in Bournemouth. Yeah, I don't think the squad lacks depth. It lacks a bit of quality in areas, but certainly not depth. And you, and you raise a good point with Joe Rebo because he's also someone who can score. We've seen it a few times. Um, he was he was pretty decent up in the SPL as well. He could. You were talking about the fact that Adam Armstrong doesn't necessarily have the physicality to play up front. Well, if Shea's not putting the goals in, why not try Rebo up there? Yeah. Um, he used to play pretty far forward for Rangers. He was almost a second striker when when we played him earlier on in the season as well. So I don't really know what's going on with Joe. Um, Nathan has said that he likes him. That's good. But <laughs> he'll get a Christmas he, card. He's obviously, <laughs> Great. He's obviously had limited game time. So you can like a player, but if he's not playing, there's obviously something telling there. Uh, he, he doesn't track back a lot. A lot of the time, a lot of Saints fans sort of say yeah. he doesn't seem like he's got that pressing game in him. But even better to have him up front and just get yeah. the ball to him and him work some magic. He's a good finisher. Yeah. He is a good finisher. And I think that that's an alternative. Uh, I, I, If I was in Nathan's shoes and I was thinking my my number nine, although he's number 10, is not putting the ball in the back of the net. What option? What options do we have? Let's just try some stuff, especially maybe in, in, the, in the FA Cup game against Blackpool when there's slightly less pressure. Um, maybe he will, maybe he won't. We'll see. Um, and then... Obviously, the reinforcements coming in at the back as well. I think it was quite smart to bring Bednarek back. I understand, obviously, when he left, it was under a little bit of a cloud and um, fans didn't take kindly to, to maybe some of the um, the messages that he put out there when he was leaving. But rather than go out and spend money, like this is how I look at it. Bednarek is a classic 78 statted defender mm. on FIFA, right? What is one of them going to cost you now? Probably in this market, 20 25 million, maybe. Or you go and get a loan for like Michael Keane or something like that. Similar ilk. Why go and spend that money and go for that process when you have the option to bring back Bednarek, who you know will do a job? And maybe it was just a case that he didn't get on with Ralph. Yes, I agree with you. And it'll be different. I agree with you. I would, my, my, I'm going to put my oar in. Um, I'll give you my thoughts. Jan Bednarek, 
and Saints fans need to understand that we need to be we need to grow up and be adults about this. <laughs> he is a very good player. Actually, let me take that away. He is a good player that has mm. in the past done a job for Southampton. And I reckon he didn't get on with Ralph. And think of how many players have left Southampton on good terms. I mean, we were even talking about Danny Ings. Oh, no, he can't come back after what he said about Southampton. Like, just grow a pair and grow up. If he's going to do a job, get him in that team. Because I'd rather swallow my pride and go, well, he said something about Southampton and Villa being a brilliant team. Grow up. Um, but if he's rubbish, uh, then get him out of the club. Don't need him. But but do you know what I mean? I feel like we just have to say, Jan Bedrick, he even came on when Coletta Saar got sent off against Newcastle. And that cheeky Newcastle player giving him a little wave goodbye. Is it Murphy? Mm. What's his name? Yeah. Yeah. Don't oh, Murphy. my. Have a word. And I like that because if anything, Coletta Saar is going to be having a word in the dressing room going, listen, when we go to St. James's Park, go in hard on Murphy. Like, yeah. Leave a little what bit. What I in. liked about Bednarek when he did come on, he was he was geeing the crowd up, like he was clapping the players, like he he cares. He didn't just sort of come on and go, oh, I've got to be on for the last how many minutes? What was it, six or seven minutes? Um, he was really like trying to get people going and, and thinking, you know, we can really still get a goal here, and it obviously didn't happen. But I think that Jan likes the club. I think that he's he's been obviously with us for quite a long time now. There's been seasons where he's been exceptional as well he's been a very very good central defender and he's contributed goals as well which is something that many of our centre-backs don't really do anymore um so I've got no no issue with Jan being back I think he could do a job if Shaletta Saar is also going to be I don't know if the Carabao Cup means you can't play in the league because it's mm. a league cup I can't remember mm. what the rules are but maybe he'll have to start uh the next game against Blackpool or our next one against Brentford on the 4th of February. I'm not too sure. The fact he didn't get on with Ralph, by the by, Ralph's not here anymore. And our last little topic of news is the fact that Ralph has been linked with the Everton job. So if anyone doesn't know, Frank Lampard relieved from his duties on Monday. Um, apparently, Marcelo Bielsa, the ex-Leeds boss, is the first choice. But as the backup options, it's Sean Dyche and Ralph Harsenhutl. Mm. I actually heard an Everton fan the other day. Just what we need right now is Sean Dyche. That's what we need. We need someone in that could come and just sort the club out. And you're like, okay, we we all live in a dreamland as football fans. We all live in a dreamland. Um, good on, good on Ralph. Like he did, he did, he had his time at Southampton. There were some brilliant moments. I like the guy. Uh, apparently. It obviously had fallen down in terms of their relationship in the dressing room. He obviously knows his onions. So best of luck uh, to Everton. I will say this, though. What what does annoy fans at the moment, I, I'm noticing a lot, is the fact that the, you get a post somewhere on Twitter that says, we're going to get this player. And then all of a sudden, another player, um, a team comes in to get that player. And that really irks us as as fans, as Saints fans. There's the lad, Jay Morgan, the, the youngster that, Jimmy Jay Morgan. Yeah, that will not sign a contract, apparently. And Southampton fans are losing their heads about the fact that we're like, what is wrong with this club? <laughs> Why are we not just brilliant at everything? Um, you'll have to talk to the lad. You'll have to talk to why he wants to go. And he isn't getting first team appearances and an opportunity. He's been on the, I think he was on the coach down at the Palace game, but isn't going to get a start just yet. And Nathan Jones says he's very good and he's not just there to help out. He's there for a reason. He's a very good finisher. It it, it just seems like anything at the moment, we're ready to turn on and say this is why the club's in a terrible situation um 
and I, I guess I'd be, be a bit of fresh air for, for Ralph if he went to um, to Everton. Uh, but whether he'd do a good enough job and whether he's the man, I, I, I really don't know. It's time for the Saints Trivia of the Week, episode 24. Steve. It did that so well, and it didn't sound nasally at all, considering I can imagine the clotting that's going on inside your sinuses right yeah, now. Yeah, that's uh, that's how people refer to me when um, I'm singing. It feels like clotting. Um, I, <laughs> I would like to ask you this question, Steve, and everybody, our good friends, our good listeners. Here you go. Saints trivia for episode 24. Which player from the current squad has spent time playing for AS Roma? One of the players in our team has played for AS Roma. Take your time, have a think. We'll have a short interlude when we come back. Steve will struggle to answer. Okay, just before that beautiful interlude, I asked you, who from the current Southampton squad has played for AS Roma? That is the Italian team based in Rome. The other Italian team based in Rome are Lazio. But we don't have time to discuss that. Steve, who is that player? Yeah, you were right when I when you said I would struggle to answer because I really am struggling to think of, of who it may be. And it's probably, again, an obvious one, like uh, the last question about who's represented Celtic. And I got I forgot about Moy even going on, on loan there. I know that uh, Lianco came from Torino, which is in the Italian city of Turin. Um, Hello. Nowhere near, Hello. Nowhere near Rome. That's in the north. Um, but I'm trying to think of anyone that's represented A.S. Roma. You're going to have to put me out of my misery because off the top of my top of my head, sorry, Tom, I cannot think of which player it is. Ah, Steve, he's a player on loan to us from Arsenal. It is, of course, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. He had a short time at AS Roma. And you'd think with all of that experience in the Italian league, playing with some absolute legends, he might have brought that to the South Coast. Unfortunately, not yet, but I am hopeful. That is your Saints Trivia question of the week. A very good question it was, Tom. Thank you so much for imparting a little bit more wisdom into my week. Now, this part of the podcast is maybe different, and it's inspired, Tom, because you went on to the world's biggest sports radio station to talk about the build-up to Newcastle against Southampton, or Southampton against Newcastle, sorry, I should say. And one of the things you said in that little bit of... um uh, of segment on on the uh, on Talksport was that Nathan Jones was like a fig roll, mm. um, and there was a bit of back and forth and almost kind of comparing managers to biscuits. So I thought, well, why why don't we do that? Because we we didn't yeah. really have a huge amount of content. So I thought, well, this no. No, we're doing it this because this is fun. This is fun. It's not fun chatting about Southampton all the time, but this is fun. This is within context. We're talking about Southampton. The reason I said Nathan Jones is like a fig roll uh, was from a previous uh, guest appearance on TalkSport uh, for no money. Um, don't deserve it, to be honest, uh, with some of the things I say. But basically, I said we're not sure about him yet. It's like you see a fig roll at a party and you're like, ooh, I don't know if I... 
do I want that? I don't know if I, that is why I think Nathan Jones is a fig role, but um, I'm excited about this. Now I've put my uh, list of uh, teams in the premiership as it stands at the moment. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's been difficult to look at a manager and decide what, what business. I found are, this but... tough because I thought at the time this would be hilarious. And as I was looking through the list of managers, I was like, a lot of them are very samey and it's hard yeah. to like put the, either their characteristic or their ability in biscuit form, but we've done it. Nevertheless, yeah. um, we'll kick things off. I did. I, we did do it obviously as the table stands, but purely because of the way I'm going to reference this, I'm going to start with the second in the table, Tom, so we can do that. I'm going to start with Pep Guardiola, right? Good idea. So Pep Guardiola, manager of Man City. I've said he's the chocolate hobnob of the manager world because it doesn't get much better. It's the king of biscuits. Interesting. Interesting. I've said that Pep is the biscuit that's wrapped in gold. Uh, I don't know where you get that, uh, but it, it's it's the desirable biscuit. It's wrapped in gold. Or There's one that comes in the, the blue McVitt tin. I can't, is, it, I can't, is it foxes? It, it, you get them at Christmas and it's, and it's got chocolate and then biscuit on the inside. It's like a round. Yes. But it's the special one where you're like, oh my God, there's one biscuit that's wrapped. None of the others are. Oh, that's a special yeah. biscuit. So that's the one I've gone for with Pep Guardiola. Okie doke. Uh, and then we'll, we'll work down the list normally now. So Mikel Arteta, Arsenal balls, they're top of the league at the moment. I've said he's a hobnob because he's like Pep, <laughs> but without the chocolate. Oh, my God. <laughs> Right. I would love this feature if you just said that every manager is a hobnob and we will all know that you gave up on this task very early on. Hobnob. Oh, let me guess for Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp. A hobnob. Two hobnobs. Really anyway. wanted a hobnob. No, I, I thought that was right. Like He's very good and he, and he obviously was assistant manager to Pep at, uh, at Man City. So he's not quite a chocolate hobnob. He's just a hobnob. <laughs> Mikel Arteta for Tom Deacon here is, if he wins, currently at the top of the Premier League, if they win it, he'll be royalty. And then I'm thinking in my head, royalty, Fortnum and Mason's biscuits. That is Mikel Arteta of Fortnum and Mason. That's where the Queen shopped. It's royalty. It's extra special. It's worth a celebration. Big up yourself, Mikel Arteta. Make sure Pep doesn't win this league. We're very early on into this feature, and I don't want it to last all evening, Tom. But what I have noticed so far is that you're just saying from a shop or the gold one rather than picking the actual brand or type of biscuit. Oh, I do apologize, but we can't all just write hobnob. <laughs> right. Let's move on. Uh, so third in the table, Newcastle beat Southampton the other night. Their manager, Eddie Howe. I said Eddie Howe's a bit like a chocolate bo hobnob. <laughs> I said he's a bit like a chocolate bourbon because he's stable, consistent, but a bit unexciting. Very, very true. I've said Eddie Howe is like a party ring. Uh, the Geordies have finally got something to celebrate and have a party about. Eddie Howe is the closest they've got to having a party again. Right. I'm not a fan of a party ring, but we'll get onto that a little bit later on. Um, oh, yeah. You tell me what you think of the biscuits as well, though. <laughs> Would I eat it? Yes. Uh, Man United, I'll go. Ten Hagen, okay? Yeah. A nice biscuit. That's what he Ooh. is. Because at the moment, everything is nice. He's doing a nice job. He seems nice. Uh, he's not a winner. It's not the best biscuit. And he's far from it. He's nice. <laughs> I've said Eric Ten Hag is like a Tonics caramel log. Because <laughs> <laughs> if no one knows that is, it's a really, it's, if, you're, if you're from Scotland or you've spent time in Scotland, a Tonics caramel log is 
a fantastic biscuit, right? And it's wafer with like caramel wrapped in chocolate with then desiccated coconut on the top. Sorry, I thought you said defecated. <laughs> I wouldn't eat that. It's a very, it's one of my favorites. Um, but the reason I've said he's like a Tunnock's caramel log is because he has all the components to be great. But is it a biscuit or a chocolate bar? Wow. Is, he, he hasn't proven anything yet. All right. Uh, moving on to Tottenham, uh, that team in London. Antonio Conte, ginger nuts all day. He's a ginger nut biscuit. He must be bonkers. Who would take on a job like that? He is nuts. Ginger nuts for Antonio Conte. I've said Antonio Conte is like a wagon wheel uh, because <laughs> it looks great and has a lot of promise, but ultimately it disappoints. <laughs> Oh, because you know, you think a wagon, wagon wheel is going to be nice and like crunchy and then you've got the little marshmallowy bit, but it turns out the biscuit's kind of soft and almost like a little sponge wrapped in the worst chocolate ever. Like wagon wheels are great when you're a kid, but when you grow up, grow up and don't buy wagon wheels anymore. Yeah, Tottenham fans, when are you going to realise you're never going to win anything? Grow up. <laughs> Go and choose a team that might. Tom, next up, it is the Brighton boss, Roberto De Zerbi. Um, they're sixth in the table at the moment. What have you said for him? Um, I like his facial hair, and I don't know why, but it just reminds me of someone called Gary. Do you know what I mean? Like a Gary. <laughs> and for that, I've gone with the Gary Baldy. Um, an underrated biscuit, but also at the same time, it's a creepy biscuit, isn't it? You're like, who's, all, who's, <laughs> who's getting Gary Baldies? And for that reason, I feel like that's Roberto De Zerbi. Like, to be honest with you, like, who is he? Who Uncle is he? Gary. He's got Garibaldi's <laughs> in his tin at home. Yeah, you, you don't trust someone like that. And that's how I look at Roberto De Zerbi. He's doing a great job, don't get me wrong, but bit of a weirdo, Garibaldi. Right. I feel like we have very different different tastes in, in biscuits. Maybe that's a good thing. Opposites attract, as they say. Um, I've said uh, he's like an almond biscotti. Uh, I'm not sure, just because it's Italian. Yeah. Bit, well, wait until we get onto some of the other managers. I've definitely gone with their homeland, <laughs> where I've been inspired by the biscuit. Um, number seven is the Fulham manager, Marco Silva. Um, I've said he's like a pink wafer oh. uh, because he's always getting a second chance. You know, like a pink wafer when it's in there, you're like, oh, I haven't had one in ages. And you get the pink wafer and you're like, mm, yeah, it's nice. I'll have another. And you, you go, now there's a reason I haven't had one of these for 18 months. And then you yeah. just, you don't want to have, you don't buy them again for ages. And I feel like Marco Silva is a bit like that. He'll be at a club for however long, get the sack. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, he's popped up somewhere else. He's yeah. Watford boss. He's Everton boss. Yeah. Now he's, he, he's, he's waiting manager. for that, that being sacked money. Um, I've said he's a jammy dodger for that reason. Exact ah. reason. He's riding his luck. Very jammy. He's a dodger. Uh, we've got Thomas Frank, the Brentford boss. What have you said about him, Tom? Well, um, I have travelled to Denmark, the Daneland, um, and there's some fantastic biscuits that come in their own casing, and they're called the Royal Dank Danish Biscuit. So he's the Dank Man, uh, a Royal Dank buttery biscuit. It also comes in a tin. What more can you say? He is a touch of class, isn't he, Thomas Frank? Mm, he's, he's a very classy character. I've never been to Denmark, so I didn't have a clue about any continental biscuits um, from that particular part of the world. I've said Thomas Frank is like a custard cream uh, because he's always punching above his weight in the tin and occasionally taking out some of the big dunkers. Uh, moving on to Liverpool. Love that. Jurgen Klopp. Now, I've just gone straight in there. One of my favourite biscuits out there on the market right now is the salted caramel biscuit. Unbelievable. I love it. I think he's top draw. Great value. 
Thank you very much. Top biscuit. I've said Jurgen Klopp is a jammy dodger. Um, wow. Because I think he's he's hard on the outside, but soft yeah. on the inside. Yeah. I think Jurgen Klopp, like, he has this mean exterior, and obviously you see his face or get very infuriated when decisions don't go, and you think he's going to batter the fourth official. But really, I think he's a bit of a teddy bear and mm. just a nice guy. Well, there's that meme that goes around of him as a lion or a tiger, but he's not far from that. He's pussycat, isn't he? That's what mm. you're saying. Yeah. Um, Chelsea, difficult one, this one, isn't it? Very. Um, I've said Graham Potter is like a fox's nice biscuit because they're just quite bland. <laughs> I've said he's a cookie, just a straight up cookie that you get in in boxes of biscuits. It's not made because it's a brilliant cookie. It's just thrown in there. And as we know, cookies crumble. And that seems to be what Graham Potter's doing at Chelsea. He's crumbling. Yeah. Next up, uh, the Villa boss, another team we lost to recently. That's Unai Emery. Now, I was I was torn here, and I don't know if I've really chosen a biscuit, but I've said he's like an after eight because you only have them after a good evening. Uh, See what I did? Sorry, there? I'm just waiting for the dust. Oh, I saw what you did. I heard <laughs> what you did, and I liked it a lot. Uh, for me, I just went for Unai Henry being a, a custard cream. Uh, it's 27p in Sainsbury's, their own brand. Um I think he's he's just very custody. It's he's an accompaniment. Um, I, I I'm not overly sold on Unai Emery, uh, but mm. you know what? The custard cream is affordable and a great snacking biscuit. So that's what I think of Unai Emery. And currently, we are having a very good evening. Uh, next up, Patrick Vieira, the Crystal Palace manager. I've said a ginger nut because he's hard and uninspiring. Okay, okay, you looking at his character himself i just went stereotypically for a french biscuit i knew and i went for that bien and he's sometimes got a smiley face and i prefer patrick when he's smiling rather than being an angry patrick vieira no worries uh steve cooper somehow nottingham forest forens nottingham lawrence of arabia uh nottingham forest are in 13th in the table i've said steve cooper's like a garibaldi um because what's he even doing in the tin Wow, that's um, that's harsh on Steve Cooper, uh, the Welshman. I went for an Aberthraw shell, a particular type of biscuit from Wales uh, that are shell-like. And what you do with shells is you collect a lot of them. And that's what he's done with players at Nottingham Forest. <laughs> Very <laughs> and, good. Very and they're nice good. to look at. They're nice to look at, uh, you know, because you've got all those players to choose from, like shells. But really, yeah, are they are they any good? Next up is the Leicester boss, Brendan Rodgers. What have you said for him, Tom? Well, for good old Brendan, what I've said for Brendan is very, it's a very boring digestive biscuit. One that really just gets in the back of your throat that you just can't, I mean, we can't play like that. Uh-uh. He's basically got a digestive stuck in his throat <laughs> and he's been struggling for a long time. This is a digestive without any chocolate on. Uninspiring. Do you know what? I thought we were going to, this was going to be the one out of the whole list that we were in sync with and oh. so close because it's very similar in, in a way. So I've said a Brendan Rogers is like a rich tea biscuit um, because it, it has a great start, but ultimately when you dunk it, it just breaks off and sinks to the bottom. <laughs> sort of slips like Gerard did that time uh, yeah. for Liverpool. <laughs> um, Leeds, Jesse Marsh. I've got, we must be on the same wavelength here. He's American. Therefore, I've gone with an American biscuit, the Oreo. Oreo. What did you go for? No, I didn't think about the Oreo. I said he was like a Maryland cookie, uh, and that's just because he's American. They say cookie instead of biscuit. 
Oh, God, you're right. You're right. We've, we've, no, he's, no, sorry. What about West Ham United, a Scottish manager in uh, good old David Moyes? Yeah, I, I did stick with a, with a, I suppose, a Scottish biscuit, maybe the most famous Scottish biscuit here. So I've said David Moyes is like shortbread uh, because he does a job, but it's just a little bit plain. Yes, finally, we had a biscuit that matches shortbread, Scottish, uninspiring, dire biscuit, in my humble opinion. No. It, it, no, it is used for it flooding and floodings only. You drop a tab of shortbread in anything, it will absorb. Bounty have an advert, the strongest soaker upper. Uh, 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 big tab of shortbread <laughs> will sort you right out. Thank you. <laughs> they then have uh, the Wolves boss, Julian Lopetegui. Um I was I was a bit stuck here. This was actually the the last one I filled out on my list. Um, but I did say he was like a like a chalky finger um, because oh. <laughs> uh, because you know it's a classic biscuit, but it has been around the block and it often gets up like picked last. A lot of stuff gets picked above it. Like he's been at Real Madrid, um, Sevilla. He was a Spain boss, and now he's somehow wound up as Wolves manager in the Premier League. So, you know, he's he's like a, a chalky finger. You could take it or leave it. Well, here is something, uh, a revelation. I didn't even put Wolves in this because uh, they don't get a biscuit. Their manager doesn't even relate to a biscuit. I, I had nothing for him and I didn't even put Wolves in this. So the Premier League is now out of 19. Okay. Uh, what did you put for Gary O'Neill, the Bournemouth boss? He's a malted milk. He's way out of his depth. You give those to kids. Uh, he's playing with the big boys. He's a malted milk all day long. Okay, well, this is where we differ in terms of our taste of biscuits. So I've said Gary O'Neill is like a party ring, and that's because they only get picked once all the others are gone. Oh, really? Interesting. I think people who don't have a personality pick party rings first because <laughs> it's colourful. <laughs> well, fair enough. I don't like the, the, the texture of a party ring. I feel like it cuts my gum or cheek if you try and... You know that kind of top hard icing? It seems to like yeah. shard off like glass. Um, I'm not a fan of the party ring. No. Okay. And that, and that's absolutely fine. I, I will uh, say my last biscuit. And, and and it's because I think that Ralph might be the Everton manager. I did refer to Frank Lampard to being a bag of broken biscuits. He's, what is he? He's not actually one. He's just many types of biscuit. Um, and of course, for Ralph, it would be the Viennese Roel because of the Austrian vibe. So um, Ralph is very Austrian. Very cool. Best of luck to him if he does go to Everton. Yeah, I've gone very national with your biscuit choice for this game, which, you know, I quite like at times. Um, I don't really like Viennese Wells. I feel they're a dusty biscuit. You know, when you bite into one and it feels like it's just become sand in your mouth. Mm, it's given up on you. Yeah, I, I don't like it. It's, it's weird. It's, 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 a, it's a misleading biscuit, I would say. The texture, the look to, to mouth texture is, is, is all wrong. Um, well, because at the time... Uh, I thought, well, who's the most recent manager for Everton? And it was Frank Lampard, who has now been sacked. They are managerless, but I didn't go with a potential future manager. I went with their most recent, Frank Lampard. And I've said he's like the Jaffa cake uh, because he looks appealing, but gone in seconds. Interesting. I like that a lot. Wasn't very long at Chelsea. Wasn't very long at Derby. Didn't last very long at Everton. No. And it's Full not really moon, a biscuit. half moon, total eclipse. <laughs> That is very good. Uh, I, and also, it's sort of like a biscuity cake, and he can have his cake and eat it. Um, Steve, that was a delight. What a segment. Uh, next week, guys, we will be comparing managers 
to fruits. Uh, so <laughs> we won't. We won't be doing that. Who's the cantaloupe? Um, yeah, and if you have a different opinion on which manager represents which biscuit, or you feel we've, you know, we've we've made a clangor in some of our choices, do let us know at We March On Pod on any of our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, etc. Or if you if you don't want to, you know, send a, a public message on a social media platform, then you can indeed email us uh, on wemarchonpod at gmail.com. Maybe just write us a, a letter and just give us your own list. Because you probably won't fit all those characters onto a tweet, but you definitely yeah. can in an email. Yeah, don't be scared. If I think you've got the courage to let us know if you think uh, a different biscuit should be used for a different manager. I believe Are the biscuits out there? Some didn't yeah. even get a mention. You didn't even put hobnob in your list. No, I didn't. Because I, I knew you I would absolutely hobnob all of the hobnobs. I didn't use digestive. Tonic's tea cake didn't get a mention either. No, those little is... ones with the raisins in it. What's that? The, you know the little star-shaped, like shortbread ones, no. or more, like, and with little raisins. No, I don't know that one at all. Yeah, I you often that get them in like a selection box. Oh, well, look, the uh, the debate goes on. I feel like you had some brilliant answers there, Steve. Um, there is um, a question to fire at you. The Mick McCarthy biscuit. He is the next manager that's going to be coming into St. Mary's. Maybe we could have a word. Maybe you could take down a packet of those biscuits and put them in the uh, the away dressing room. Mick, McCar- Mick McCarthy. What do you reckon Mick McCarthy is? Oh, He's a, a seaside, you know? Yeah, I don't really know off the top of my head what he would be. Mm. What's What's... What's something that's now irrelevant? What's a biscuit that was popular in the in the early 2000s that just no you, one cares about anymore? <laughs> you can't say that about Mick McCarthy, who has been very entertaining over the years. All of the antics with Roy Keane and the Republic of Ireland moments, that moment on Sky Sports where he just turns and gets scared by nothing. I mean, <laughs> he's a very entertaining manager. Who was it? Um, oh, oh, the... Oh, was he playing for Stoke? Anyway, Mick McCarthy and him had an altercation, like he grabbed his shirt and he was basically wanting trying to fight the Irish player. I forget his name. Um, yeah, Mick McCarthy's a penguin because he's just stuck in the past. He's stuck in the past. And if you pester him long enough, there's a joke uh, waiting to be read <laughs> out for him. But, uh, but they are the next team that are coming to St. Mary's, Steve. And I, I'm 23rd uh, in the league for them. I feel like Southampton should be getting a win here to boost confidence. However, I don't know whether we just throw away this game and test out, like you say, Joe Rebo up front. Let's really just test it out. Gav Bazzuno is officially, uh, by statistics, the worst goalkeeper in Europe in terms of shots and goals let in. And I would argue, though, that the last two games against Villa, there was a fantastic save and against Newcastle. So I think he's improving, but let's just change it up. Let's let some of those players, maybe even the lad that doesn't want to sign a contract for us, give him his first appearance. Just mix it up a little bit. Don Ballard in that team. I will bang on about that. And let's just not worry about the FA Cup. If we beat Blackpool, then we have to stay in the cup. And that's another game when we could be having, you know, rest for the players to get better for the Premier League. I can't see that happening. In all honesty, I think Nathan wants to take these cup games pretty seriously. Um, One of the graphics on the big screens at St Mary's the other day was promoting the Blackpool game and and above it read the title, The Road to Wembley. So I feel like, and and obviously that's quite a a way away still. There's only the fourth fourth round of the cup. Yeah. So there is still quite a way to go till you get to those, um, get to see the arch in in Hounslow. So I, I am... 
I think he will name a pretty strong team. We might see a couple of surprises. Maybe Sam Adozi might start. We might see a couple of the youngsters on the bench. We might have a change of formation potentially. But I see Nathan taking the game relatively seriously. It's still it's, it's the FA Cup. And I think that we've had a good draw so far. We've had three game. No. Who do we have in the last one? Who, who was the first round? The third round? Uh, the third round. Crystal Palace, wasn't it? Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, we, sorry. So Crystal Palace got a pretty good draw um, against Blackpool. It is the oldest competition in world football. It is one that players are going to want to take seriously. If you reach the FA Cup final and win it, like it, you know, it hits different than winning the Carabao Cup, I think, winning the FA Cup. So I, I agree wholeheartedly. However, we're in the semi final of the Carabao Cup. Forget about Blackpool. Like, just play uh, an experimental team. And just say, like, just everyone gets a free ticket to come to St Mary's, right? Well, you a raise a good ticket. point, Tom. You do raise a good point about the fact that the the second leg of that semi final is on the Tuesday, so just yeah. three days later, we probably will see changes. But for some reason, I just I can't see Nathan making wholesale changes and playing an inexperienced team. Um, yeah, I th- I think Prousey will start again. I think we'll see. Um, Lianco start again. Bazunu will be in goal. I don't think he's going to put Big Willie in there at all. Um, I I saw the smirk on your face there, trying to hold it in. I I just I think there'll be a couple of changes. I just don't think it's going to be the experimental side that you and maybe a lot of Saints fans would want to see purely then to focus on the game a few days later, which is obviously very very important. Well, get ready for the next podcast of We March On where I absolutely go in on this team selection of Saturday, which actually, by the time that we come back with our next episode of We March On, hopefully we will be marching on as we absolutely thrash. Actually, I don't care. It could be a 2-0 win. I'll take that at St. James's Park because that's on a Tuesday. So, um, Or we could uh, be out of two cups. Yeah, we could be out. By this time next week, we could be out of two cups and we just get to say we're focusing on the league deliberately. Um, I feel like there's still a chance, though, for the for the Saints against Newcastle away yeah. from home. The tie you know, just, is not dead. The tie no. is not dead, Tom. What, what Southampton do need to do is start the first half of Blackpool and against Newcastle better than we've, we've done. We've, we're such a slow starting team. That would be brilliant against Blackpool. Just be brilliant in the first half, get a couple of goals and then continue that form going into Newcastle. But hey, I'm confident that uh, that we, we can do this and go through into, into the next round of both Cups. You're very right. The last two games, Newcastle and Villa, the first halves have been drab um, and Saints very much coming into their own in the second 45. It's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to working both of the games. Uh, no Saints live on Saturday. So just a few pitch side bits I think to do um, and then and then obviously we'll have a show for the Newcastle game away not going to Newcastle didn't fancy the drive up there no, um, no. that's outrageous crying for six hours on the way back down um, but you know I think it's going to be an exciting few days hopefully it's a it's a we can we can record the next pod and we both have big Cheshire cat grins on our faces and we're into the final of the Carabao Cup and the fifth round of the FA Cup. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be lovely. Um, I'm going to pass out now with pain from my face and uh, my suspected broken nose uh, and bid you, good sir, farewell and 
basically, if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure that you like and subscribe. Let people know this is We March On uh, and we intend to stay here as long as you guys uh, want us to keep commenting on the amazing work at Southampton Football Club, i.e. the Saints. Steve, do you mind if I get the Saints brass to play us out? You do your thing, mate. Do it now!